Now I'm going to ask you to listen. This is somewhat familiar story about Easter, what happened that first Easter morning. Because for me, I found there's a lot of surprises that's going on in this story. So as I read this, as you listen, listen, because we're going to talk about these surprises that we find in the Easter story. It's from the 20th chapter of John, beginning at the first verse. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen laying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen laying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the, other, then the disciples went back to their homes. This is a word of God that's still speaking today. Thanks, Thanks. Thanks. Be to God. Thanks to God. Thanks be to God. All right, so I like these kind of Bible stories where there's a lot of action going on. It's not boring. And there's a lot of surprises to me when I read this. I was like, oh, there's all kinds of surprises. So what we're going to do is we're going to take it verse by verse and look at some of these surprises. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. What surprises you about what's going on in that first verse? The stone has been removed. Right, because... It was heavy, yes, because in that culture here, when we bury people, a lot of time we dig a hole in the ground and we place the coffin in, but they couldn't do that in that part of the world. They would go into a hillside, they would dig it out. Sometimes it was like a stone, it was a cave, and they would lay the people, they'd wrap them up in linen, they'd anoint them with spices and stuff, and then they would place the bodies in, and they roll this big, heavy stone. Oftentimes they cut a groove so they could move it. It took several men or one strong person to move that stone, but when she got there, it was already gone. How about it was early? It says it was early. Now, Janet, she can say she was up early because she was down at Portsville. Oh, yes, she was. That was early. Yes, it so, was. why do we think Mary went so early? Thanks. 
She was anxious. She, she wanted to take care of maybe the body. Maybe she didn't want to be seen. Now, I don't want anyone to see me doing this. Let's see what happens next. So Mary gets there. She gets to the tomb. She sees that it's open. And what she do? She goes running back to find her friends, Peter and John. So she came running to Simon, Peter, and the other disciple. And I like this. This is from the Gospel of John. And whether John wrote it or one of his friends, he doesn't say John. He says the other disciple or the beloved disciple. He wants, wants us to know that Jesus thought John was one of his special friends. So she came running to Simon Peter, the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. We don't even know if Mary looked in. All we saw is that the tomb was open. And then what happens? Surprise! Peter and John, they start going to the tomb. I, I figure they start walking, they're walking, and then they make it like a race. All of a sudden, they're running. They're running to the tomb. And surprise, John outruns Peter. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. John was faster than Peter. I did not know that. John wanted us to know that, hey, I beat Peter. I'm faster than Peter. I don't know why that's important. But here's what happens. John gets there. He doesn't go in. <laughs> he, he won the race, but he doesn't go in. Surprise. Here comes Peter. I imagine Peter's out of breath, you know. He's, oh, darn you, John. But says, Peter... Went straight in. Then came Simon Peter, came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. Peter's no nonsense. He's not worried about anything. I'll get to see what's going on here. Then comes our next surprise. What does he see? He saw the strips of linen laying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in his place separate from the linen. Surprise! The burial cloths are there, but the body's gone. What can that mean? I mean, if we remember what Mary said, oh, I think they've taken the, the Lord. So, these friends of Jesus, we call them his disciples, they watched, they witnessed when he was killed. He was killed on a cross. They called it crucified. Just Three days before on Friday. That's why we celebrate what's called Good Friday. They saw him die. They saw him wrapped and placed into the tomb. We know that the tomb was closed. So, who took the body of Jesus? What happened to the body of Jesus? Who would do it? The Romans? The Romans are the ones who crucified Jesus. They wouldn't have any reason to take the body. And they did that because the religious leaders at the time didn't like Jesus. 
Now, the religious leaders, if you read some other parts in the Bible, they actually went to the Romans and said, hey, this man said that he's going to rise again after three days. Can you put some guards at the entrance? So in other parts of the Bible, we have stories of there being guards. They actually put a seal on the tomb. So it couldn't have been the religious leaders. They didn't want his body to disappear. It couldn't be the Romans. Could it be his disciples? You'd think if it was, his closest friends, Peter and John, would know about it. They don't know. So what happened to Jesus? That's the most important question we have to answer today. And let's see if there's any more surprises in our story. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So Peter gets there, goes in. John finally, okay, Peter went in, I'm going in. And it says John believed. What did he believe? Because it says they still didn't understand that he had to rise from the dead. Maybe John believed what Mary said. Hey, someone took the body. So we have all this going on. <laughs> and what do Peter and John decide to do? Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. It was early. They probably didn't have their cup of coffee or their breakfast. I could just say, let's go, let's go think about this. I'm not sure what's going on. Let's, let's head back. But surprise, I have a question. What happened to Mary? She's the one who started all this. She ran to go visit Peter and John. They run back. Leave poor Mary behind. Yet Mary makes her way to the tomb. And we continue the story from the 20th chapter of John. Verse 11, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this time, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Excuse me. Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have yet not returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. 
So Mary's outside crying. And who shows up? Jesus. Surprise, surprise. Jesus Jesus is alive. alive. Mary, Peter, John, they had watched him die on that cross. Be taken down, be wrapped in the burial cloth. And we know who was placed in that tomb. That she saw the risen Lord. That's the most important question we have to answer today. What does Jesus being alive mean to us today? I mean, it's nice to read a story about what happened a long time ago. But what does the risen Jesus mean to us today? We have to remember. That Jesus planned to come. And this surprise, Mary, and later that day, if you continue reading, she goes, she tells the disciples, and Jesus actually appears to them later that evening. Jesus was up in heaven. He was with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And he decided to come down to earth and become a human, a person like us. We have a fancy word. We call that the incarnation, God becoming human. And Jesus came. He was born of the Virgin, we believe. And he lived a sin-free life. And then he, he ministered for about three years. He traveled the countryside with his friends and disciples. And he, he healed the sick. He cast out demons. And he taught us and his disciples how to live their lives. That's what he came for. And then, when it was time, he willingly made the ultimate sacrifice. He went to the cross and bore the unspeakable death so that we can have a relationship with God. And he did that so that in our relationship, when we accept Jesus into our hearts, we're declared righteous, which all that means is we're seen as being right with God because of what we believe in Jesus Christ. We don't have to do 10 things or 20 things. We just have to trust and accept Jesus into our hearts. Believe that he rose from the dead. Jesus, as I said, later that day, he went, he saw his friends, the disciples, and he stayed. Forty days. The risen Christ walked. They say hundreds of people saw him. Then he went back to heaven. But he didn't leave us alone. He promised a helper. The Holy Spirit. The comforter. And he gave us these words. From the very end of the Gospel of Matthew. Right before he went back to heaven. We call he ascended. It says... Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that's what those friends of Jesus, those disciples did. Jesus ascended to heaven. His friends waited until the Holy Spirit came 
And that's why we still have the church like it is today, the Christian faith. It's because of them listening to Jesus. Hundreds and thousands of years later, we still have this experience of being in relationship with God through our faith in Jesus Christ. What happens is when you get older, the older you get, you kind of say, I can't wait to get to heaven to see Jesus. I can't wait to get to heaven to see Jesus. But we're forgetting, what did Jesus say? Did he say, yeah, wait till you get to heaven to see me? No, he didn't say that. And surely I'm with you always. What a surprise. Jesus is alive today. He's alive in our life. He's alive in our spirit. He's alive in this world. And the most surprising thing to me out of the story of God, that's what, that's what this Bible, it's just the story of God and how much he loves the world. A lot of confusing things in it, but God decided to send the son down here, down to earth, and to die on the cross so that we can be in right relationship with him. Whoever takes Jesus into their heart becomes part of God's family. We call him a child of God. Sometimes we call this good news because you don't have to work at it. You don't have to study for the test. You just have to say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and I believe that you rose from the dead, and he'll be with you. All it takes is to just take Jesus into our heart. And remember, he's promised to be with us always. We like to think, ah, oh, Jesus is with me. My life is perfect. Mm. Not what Jesus said. The good news is that he's promised to be with us always in our problems and through our problems. Again, that's, that's what we call the, the good news of Jesus Christ. That God offers his saving mercy and grace to everyone. It's offered to all, freely and without cost. Anyone who wants to follow Jesus. And I pray that you would follow Jesus. Amen.